beautiful people of the universe. How is everybody doing today? Welcome to episode 42 of Shine Brighter with Liz, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle development. And I am your host, Elizabeth Danielle Pujadas. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so happy that you are listening in. However you found the podcast, whether it is today's guest or maybe you've been following on Instagram, Whichever way, I am so grateful that you are here and I'm so excited to have this time with you, to share this time with you. I know it's been such a crazy time right now with everything going on with the coronavirus and all of us being in quarantine. I hope you guys are finding some stillness in this, some peace. I know that there's so many people in the world that are used to chaos and stillness really scares them. It really makes them feel anxious and makes them, you know, just in a really weird place. I know a lot of friends of mine have really shared that with me and I just hope that you are finding some kind of light in this dark time. I know for me, finding stillness and finding creative outlets has really been helpful, whether that's, you know, singing and posting that on Instagram, whether that's recording podcasts, whether that's painting or hanging out with, you know, my family. It's been really fun. Even doing TikTok videos, right? All of these little things that maybe in a regular scenario, if we weren't in this time, I probably, not probably, 100% would not be in Miami spending time with my family doing these videos. Like, it's the middle of pilot season. I would realistically be in New York City working my ass off and just be extremely stressed out, hoping to book a series. And that's not what God had planned for me or for anyone in this time. He really put a pause on the world. And at the same time, you know, a lot of people are fighting for their lives right now. And I think as much as we can say, oh, you know, God just put a pause on the world, it's also a really you know, hard time right now for a lot of people and their families as they're losing loved ones, as people are, you know, as morbid as it sounds, laying on their deathbed with not having any family around because they can't, they have to stay in isolation. And that is just so, so, so hard and tragic. And my heart goes to every single person that is fighting for their life right now. Um, My mom is in the front line and she has definitely told me some stories of what it's like going into work and having to fight for her protection you know the fact that new york city has offered her so much money to go work over there and fight for them and it's just a really hard time so let's just make sure that we are finding not only just the fact that we're like oh we're so bored in quarantine it's like also having a lot of empathy for the people that are fighting for their lives and for all of our healthcare professionals out there really putting themselves on the line for us let's just figure out how can we be of service um how can we just come together in this i think it's amazing how much community has come together right now it's such a beautiful 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 thing seeing all of the communities come together from our entertainment industry casting directors you know having generals and monologue challenges and managers going on live with casting directors or just all of this awesome opportunities that are happening in our industry so i think it's a beautiful thing i love hopping on different zoom calls and learning different stuff that i would never have the time to really just sit down and do so it's been a really great time for me to just reflect and figure out what are my intentions moving forward when we get through this Um, a lot of people are saying the world will never be the same and i really want to challenge that perspective and say it's not going to be the same it's we're going to rise from this even stronger just like we have 
when other tragedies and things like that have happened in our world we always get stronger so let's hope and pray that we can leave with that mindset and just have a little bit of that light without further ado guys i do want to go ahead and introduce today's guest today's guest is robert tyler jr and i actually had the pleasure of meeting him and working with him at broadway dance center he was my hip-hop dance teacher for the one class that i have taken i'm definitely planning on taking more classes with him after this quarantine is over but yes guys he's an incredible hip-hop dancer he's also best known for his work in spongebob the musical on broadway he's best known for american idol season three he was on so you think you can dance he's performed for michael jackson he's an incredible singer so make sure you go ahead and listen to his amazing music and overall he just does it all he's a dancer a singer an actor an impressionist he's a great human being and he's also really well known for his fried chicken so without further ado guys let's dive into this amazing episode with robert all right we are recording i'm super excited to have you on the podcast rob thank you so much for thank you. your time and thank you for having me thank you so much absolutely i'm super excited so i want to start off with you as i do with all of my guests let's tell the audience who you are what were you like as a child what did you want to be when you grew up and really what's been your journey from childhood to where you're you are now i mean i know it's been a long journey but let's just talk about a little bit about that and then we'll dive it into your other ventures and stuff sure um what was i like as a child i was very animated i was a class clown for every single one of my classes i enjoyed making people laugh I um, I loved watching television. I loved watching, you know, actors, you know, and different characters. I loved watching wrestling. I loved video games. I loved comic books and superheroes. I liked everything that was big and extravagant, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I always wanted to be, uh, there was two things, two major things. I wanted to be a, a pop star, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to be an actor you know, on television, doing things, because my favorite shows coming up were like, you know, Saved by the Bell, Family Matters, uh, Step by Step, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, uh, Happy Days, Believe It or Not, you know, stuff like that. I, I was just always hands-on watching and trying to emulate all of the characters, you know, and then I would go to school and just, you know, imitate these characters, and, and even watching wrestling, I would imitate Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage and you know I, I just I just love being uh, larger than life I I loved I loved having a spotlight everywhere everywhere I went I, and it made it made me happy when I would make the class laugh I, it made me happy when I would get a, a snicker out of the class you know sometimes I got in trouble for it right. you know by the teacher you know and but uh it was I really enjoyed just making people happy making people laugh as a kid, even like, you know, barbecues and cookouts and family reunions. I was always the kid, you know, my mom would say, hey son, do Michael Jackson. Or, hey, can you do Michael Jackson? You know, that type of thing. Or, hey, can you do him? Can you impersonate, impersonate Fire Marshal Bill from A Living Color? Or, hey, impersonate Steve Urkel, you know what I mean? So it was uh, one of those things where I just truly enjoyed, you know, just uh, making people laugh and sing or dance throughout, you know, like what I was, giving them that was my fulfillment that was fine that was joy for me 
Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. So when you were like this class clown, like, it's funny you say that because you're like, I'm sure I would get a Joel because I see you and I'm like, he's just this big, positive, super loving, like out there kind of vibe and energy. I wonder, like, has that ever been like when you were growing up, were you ever afraid to be that energy? Were you ever like um, criticized for being too bubbly? Like, was that ever like, sometimes or did anyone ever be like you're weird or you know what I mean like was anyone ever like whoa your energy is too much for me like did you ever get that oh yeah I've, I've gotten that like many many times yeah. you know um and then sometimes I would actually question myself and say you know oh man maybe I have to tone myself down when I go to certain places or maybe I have to you know be serious at certain times you know what I mean because I, I noticed when my energy was so much you know, some people would ignore me or, you know, like walk right past me as if they didn't see me or, you know, I'd, I'd get that type of thing going on. And then and then the day that I like bring it down and I, I just like just, you know, be quiet or silent, then you will ask, what's wrong? Why are you OK? You know what I mean? And I'll be like, and I'll be like yeah, I'm cool. I'm chilling. You know what I mean? And it's like it's like it's like a yin, yin and a yang type of thing. And even sometimes. Even nowadays, you know, I, I, I know when to hold and I know when to hold. Right. You know, nowadays, I, I, I get, I, you know, I, I feel like people's energies, like, or, you know, with, like, with where I'm going and things like that, especially, you know, when I, you know, when I go to work, you know, like working different jobs, whether it be teaching somewhere in Scarsdale or whether it be even teaching at BDC or, you know what I mean? Like, I feel out the energies, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know what to give and I, and I know what to take, you know, no holding, knowing the fold. Right. So let's go into your journey of being a performer, this artist that you are. So you wanted to, so as a kid, you wanted to be a pop star, actor. What was that process for you? Where you, like, how did you start getting your foot into the in industry? Like, what were your steps from childhood to kind of doing all of these amazing things that you've done? Well, um, the, the process for me, it was, I received more, you know, more no's than yeses, you know, going, coming up in the industry. And, you know, my, my chances of being, you know, whenever I was on MTV, that took 15 years to do that. You know, making Broadway, it took 30 years to do that. You know, uh, being able to teach at BBC, believe it or not, it took, you know, a nice whooping, I'd say, took eight years to get on there. You know what I mean? And, you know, there are some teachers that got on there for, you know, a year and a half and then they became full-time faculty and you know it took me eight years you know um whatever my journey's been it, it it would always take me 10 times longer than you know than most people you know and I guess for, for me it's because I'm just into so many things right. you know and like I know people say yeah well people used nowadays people don't say that anymore but you know people used to say yeah you should focus on one thing but for me you know focusing on one thing made me unhappy you know, I wanted to dip into music and then I wanted to dip into acting at two o'clock and then I wanted to dip into to the dancing at five o'clock and then at six o'clock I wanted to go to the gym and, you know, try to get some muscles or whatever the case. And then, you know, at eight o'clock I wanna to try to study characters on television, you know what I mean? And then at nine o'clock I try to have some me time. You know, so I, I I was always the type to dibble and dabble and, you know, for all for for the years that have passed, it, it just took me so much time to get uh, one one thing, you know what I mean? Like you know, American Idol was my my uh, it was my uh, biggest chance to you know break out as a as an artist, you know, at the time, you know, and 
I was totally nervous on the show. I totally flopped on that, forgot my lyrics in the Hollywood round, and Simon looked at me like I had two heads, and it was, it was, uh, you know, it was like, wow. Like, I, when I got to, when I made it to Hollywood, I couldn't believe that I made it on the show. You know, it took all of those years, all of this time, you know, um, more than half my life to get there. And then, bam, I get nervous, you know, and I forget my words, I forget the lyrics, and I'm just two-stepping with a blank face, you know, and uh, and Simon is just like, okay, next type of thing, you know what I mean? And that, un understandable, you know, Paula, you know, she's shaking her head, like disappointed, and you know, because it looked like she was, she believed in me, and Randy was just looking at Paula and Simon like, okay, you know, that type of thing, you know, and that, I, I just wasn't ready at that time. And then, you know, after that, doing So You Think You Dance as a dancer, I was more confident. And, you know, that was, that was like eight years after Idol, right? Doing So You Think You Dance. And as a dancer, I was more, more confident, you know, to, to, to be a part of something like that. And then, you know, after that, you know, years have passed. And, you know, that was another four years later, Got America's Got Talent as, you know, as a dancer as well. So I became more confident at that. Um, haven't had much more uh, chances as far as an artist to like you know do things. I mean, I've been doing things on my own as far as music and well, I mean, you know, putting I think stuff those ventures are like huge things, you know what I mean? Like, those are definitely huge things that you've gotten to experience that I'm sure people are like haven't even ever had that. So, I feel like that's amazing. So, let's talk about you. Idol. How what was the journey? Um, of getting on Idol, like what was that? Like you said, it was a process. And then we'll kind of talk a little bit about how you shared about the nerves because that happens and it's happened to me so many times too. And it's the weirdest thing, I don't know for you if it happens, but it was the first time I started experiencing that was in, in conservatory school. Cause in conservatory or my college was the first time I ever really had to perform in front of people, theater, um, specifically yeah. like the things that we were learning, which was good because it was a safety ground to kind of know that that's one of my my habits like what will happen is i get so nervous that i blank and mm -hmm. it's like like there's nothing that comes to my mind because you just completely get so nervous that there's that, that it's just like this blank wall like there's nothing there um but i think improv has helped me with that um and at least in the sense with like picking it up and trying to go in another direction but obviously with singing, that's not really a thing. I don't think you can start improvising a song where people are like, nah, dude, that ain't the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But, um, but let's, talk about, let's talk about the journey um, before Idol. Like, what was that like? And, and then when you got it and, and that whole process. Oh, uh, the journey before Idol. I was, um, you know, I, before I even heard of Idol, I was, you know, coming out of college. You know, I came fresh out of college and, you know, the, the, the next big thing that happened for me uh, a month after graduation was getting to perform for Michael Jackson. That yeah. was like, to this day, that was like the wildest, craziest, most wonderful thing. So maybe we can talk about I've that ever. first. Let's talk about that first. So sure. okay. how did that opportunity arise? Like what, what was... I was with a singing group at the time called Unity, and it was spelled U-N-E-T-I instead of U-N-I-T-Y. Uh, it was, we were a pop group, it was five of us, you know, um, and it was myself, an Italian guy, another guy from Nicaragua, girl okay. from France, and then an American 
you know, American girl. So, you know, different races and whatnot. And my manager at the time, his name was Andreas Sahar. Uh, he had, he knew a guy named Ahmad Alatab, who was actually uh, friends with Michael Jackson. And he used to, Ahmad used to go to Michael's house and, you know, they, he was one of Michael's like impersonator friends. Uh, I, I don't remember how Ahmad and Andreas met, but I do remember Andreas uh, coming to us in a rehearsal saying, hey, I met this guy named Ahmad. He knows Michael Jackson. And me and the, the group members, we were looking at each other like, you know, uh-huh. you know what I mean? We, we, we didn't believe it like at all. Not, not, not even for a second we believed it. And, um, you know, Andreas was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually serious, you guys. Uh, and Ahmad wants to put you guys with his act and he wants he's gonna he's gonna uh dance to come together you know which which michael re-recorded after the beatles he's gonna dance to come together and then he wants us to drop in after he sing come together and we can sing our own self-entitled song unity so we were like oh that's cool but you know michael jackson's not gonna be there you know that type of thing we, we just didn't believe it at all so the next week uh we you know get to we meet Ahmad, you know, Ahmad he has he has his, you know, he's got his hair, he's got the hat, and all he's he's dressed like Michael, you know, and we're like, wow, this guy's full out, you know, he's ready to rehearse, he's ready to do this with us, you know. So we start to look at each other like, hey, is maybe this is this actually gonna happen, you know? So we you know we do the rehearsal, like a nice little two hour rehearsal, and then uh next week we have another two hour rehearsal and then that weekend is the actual gig. So the day the day of the gig, we start to actually question ourselves and we say, is this we, we still is this really happening? Is, yeah. is this really, really mm-hmm. happening? And uh, you know, we see a whole bunch of Michael impersonators just coming into the space. This was at Webster Hall at the time. Uh the club is still there, you know, East 13th Street in the city. Uh we see a whole bunch of Michael impersonators coming, we see a whole bunch of acts coming in preparing to rehearse and then we just start getting so nervous because we're like oh oh this is this is real this is for real for real you know but um there's still a part of us that's like but we don't know if Michael's gonna be here you know so everybody's rehearsing and then we got on stage we did our tech run through with the mod you know we're full out ready we're sweating and all that kind of stuff and then we start to actually believe oh maybe maybe this is for Michael Jackson you know so you know, later in the evening, we start getting ready and things like that. Michael doesn't show up, right? He's not there. So we're, we're, we're like, you know, we're disappointed, of course, because we were so, you know, at first we didn't believe it, but then we started to become a little more eager as, as the three weeks have passed. So, um, you know, before it comes showtime, bam, Michael's not there yet. Mm-hmm. So um, Ahmad, he gets on stage and says, come together, do right now, do do over me, he does his freeze, and then he brings us on stage. And then, you know, at the time, we're, you know, we were like a pop group. Like, you know, think about NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block. It was that type of thing. This is the year of 2002, mind you. So we're we're on stage and doing our our unity. We're doing our song unity, da 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 da. And then, in the second verse of the song, we just hear this big yeah. You know, and we're we're like singing and dancing. We're like, what is that? What is that? Boom! We're looking up, and there's Michael Jackson. Like he's he comes in and he sits down, and then he and then we're singing and dancing, mind you. 
we're like looking at each other. Oh my God, that's him. Don't and stop, don't stop. It was insane. We're doing this thing. And then Michael, we're, as we're singing and dancing, we're watching Michael like, you know, do this thing with his head. And he's like popping his head to our music. And oh my God, like I have never been so flat and sharp in my notes during the song because mm -hmm. like I, I, you know, at the time I didn't care what I sounded like. I just knew Michael was there, but Michael was just, he was just so understanding. He was so loving. He was just like, you know, do your thing, do your thing. And he was very encouraging. And then, you know, we caught my composure in towards the end of the song. I was starting to hit everything. And then we take our bow and we wave to Michael. And Michael was like, close kisses. He's, he goes like this, gives us a thumbs up. And then, wow. you know, stage, we're looking at each other. Oh, it's like, oh my God, we just love for Michael Jackson. Oh my God, oh my God. And I, I, I'm crying. Mm -hmm. that, that's the only celebrity I've ever cried over. Still to this day, I cry. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's, it's just so memorable. You know, I, I just, that's a story that I'll never forget. And, you know, that was what led me to really, really want to push and, and just audition for a whole mm -hmm. bunch of stuff. And that was when I started watching mm -hmm. American Idol. Because I'm like, I just want to do this thing. You know, so it kind of gave you like a taste of what it felt like, and it, the validation from Michael Jackson almost like he was like, "You're good, you you got this," and it was like, "Oh, yeah. like he yeah. saw you, he saw you." Yeah, yeah, it was, and you know, I just it's very vivid to me to this very day. God rest his soul, it's very very vivid to me. So I take and that with me wherever I go. Absolutely, there's something about like person that you look up to looking at you and telling you like I see you because I did this program in New York City it was like a two-week intensive it was called springboard with the American Theater Wing. and it's uh, right when you graduate college you get to um, do this two-year two-week intensive and sometimes they bring a lot of celebrities so like Lucy Liu I got to meet Lucy Liu I got to meet a bunch of people what was really weird for my soul at the time was that I had like this enoughness issues and I realized like, um, oh my God, you're like someone I look up to and you're like looking at me and I just want to disappear right now. And I had never had that feeling ever because it was like, oh my God, you see me. And like, it's like this real human connection that you're having with someone you admire and it's like weird. And then when I was at the Tonys, because they take you to the Tonys, you're a seat filler for them. And you're just like, oh, hi, Nick Kroll. Like, how are you? Or like, oh, hi, Tina Fey. Like, uh, yes. Oh, you know what I mean? Like these people that you admire and like they're just right. sitting next to you and might have like a, a word with you or two. They'll be like, oh, like, you know, they're just treating you as normal people because we are all normal. But right. in those opportunities to see those people, it really just, I don't know, it validates something inside of you. And then at least for me, like when I was in that position, I was like, you know what? what makes me different than anybody in this room if they can do it i yeah. can do it and absolutely you know, yeah just understanding absolutely. that like people are just people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i i totally feel you on it and it's awesome that you got to you know fill up the dude. that's sick yeah that's sick. it was a really and i know for you that was like whoa <laughs> i know it was definitely a very cool experience and i think the, the great thing about the american theater wing is once you kind of become part of the wing they really take you under their wing um, so I've actually gotten to go to the Tonys three times in a row, which has been insane and every single time very different for me in where I am as a person. And I think that's really interesting because like the first time I was very nervous and the second time I was like, no, I, I belong. 
Like I, the second yeah. time I didn't have those like weirdness, enoughness issues. I was like, nah, this is where I'm at. This is who I am. And that Absolutely. vibe that I was giving off, I could feel was, um, not like this, like jerk. I wasn't being a jerk. I just felt like, no, I'm enough. I'm great. And I'm open and I'm excited to be here. And it was a great experience. And I got to, and then last year was really cool because, um, Terrell Alvin McCraney, he went to new world school of the arts. He's the one that did mm -hmm. Moonlight, and um, mm -hmm. he's the one that helped with Choir Boy, um, wow. uh, that's on Broadway. And my friend um, Jeremy uh, Terrell had taken um, Choir Boy to to New World when, like, they were kind of like, it wasn't like a newer thing, but it still hadn't hit Broadway. So I had him mm -hmm. met Jeremy and this other kid Nick, which they have like completely blown up now. Like they're huge celebrities mm -hmm. now, and mm -hmm. it was. Just, cool to be like oh hey hey guys you know me and they're like oh my god hey Liz how are you like let's how are you like I haven't seen you in so long and it was like super cool to take a picture with them and just like be around them and then right. my friends were like my other friends were like oh wait like how did you just go up to me I was like no actually like I actually know them like they're super cool and it's not this like oh you're that feel good? yeah it feels great right. it feels great yeah. and it's coming from a like I'm really proud of you kind of place like you know seeing your friends that blow up it's like you understand like that was just so much work that they did to be where they're at and it's super inspiring to see it that journey and for, to me to remind myself like this is a long road stay patient yeah. put in the work and like you will see those fruit like harvest you know yeah mm -hmm. absolutely super so okay, so that's then, cool. um, you know these people that's you know that that that's a real good feel good feeling and you know I'm so glad that you said that you know you know comes a, a point where you feel that you belong there yeah you know what I mean because I know for for me for example like you know like a lot of people have have said you're you're too quiet or you're you're too humble you know I, I enjoy being humble you know at the same time I like to uh, you know remind myself hey I actually you know I I I belong here. I'm, I am good enough for this or I'm good enough for that type of thing, you know, so it's nice to, you know, hear other people say that about themselves too. And, yeah. you know, it just reminds me that uh, I could take a look at myself and just know that, you know, that I actually, you know, I can be with these, with this, these rounds of people. You know. What I mean? Yeah. I heard something really nice yesterday that made me understand something. It's like, I think also as, as artists or maybe just as humans, we're constantly seeking the next thing. Like we always want to grow, especially as like us that are mostly multifaceted creatives where we like exploring a bunch of different kinds of outlets of creativity. We always are yeah. like looking for how much we want to, like where we want to be versus like where we're at. And I heard yeah. this where it's like, you can be a beautiful masterpiece and still be becoming, you know what I mean? It's like, you can be enough right now and still be a beautiful masterpiece and still be working on things. And I think that that's where a lot of this enoughness issues come with, with artists is where we're constantly like, no, I want to be over there. Like, this is the vision I'm seeing. Like, this is the vision. Like I'm going to be a series regular or I'm going to be this, or I want to be on Broadway. And it's like, great. You, you will have those things, but you're enough right now, even when you're not on Broadway. And I think that's right. really interesting because my aunt said to me one day, She's like, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, I kind of brushed it off. And like, she's like, no, no, like, actually. And I'm like, I guess I don't really see that because I'm not where I want to be yet. So it's hard for me to say like, oh, thanks. I'm the same way. You know? Oh, same way. Yeah. 
It's like, oh, great, thank you, but I'm not a series regular yet. So when I'm a series regular, then be proud of me. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I'm in the same mode as you are. I'm in the same example. Sometimes my best friends, they they have to remind me of, like, you know, the things that I've done and, and my accomplishments because I forget. I really do forget. I don't, I don't think about – I don't think every day about where I've been and what I've done and the, and the things I've seen. I'm always worried about, you know, where I want to be. You know what I mean? And, I, and it's, it's – you know, that's a, that's a battle within that I have, you know, for mm-hmm. sure with myself. I'll – I will totally admit that that's one of that's like my biggest flaw right there. It's just yeah. not embracing where I've been and what I've done. You know what I mean? So I I totally understand you when you say when you say that and when you feel that. You know, but sometimes it's just you know you do have to sit down. You know, you know alone or you know listen to your friends and listen or listen to your family. You know, and say hey, like like I'm proud of you when they tell you that. You know, try try your best to take it in. And I don't know where. We're self-critics of ourselves for sure, you know, but uh, it's, it is important to like take in what someone else is saying about you or what someone else sees uh, you doing or sees where you've been and, and what you're, what you're trying to do, you know? Right. Cause I feel like even on average, like the things that we accomplish may not seem much to us because we're in the, we're doing it. We're in the trenches, like we're, yeah. our heads are down and we're like, paving the pavement but then when you look back up you're like wait holy shit like I've come so far let me give myself at least some credit at the fact that I've been able to kind of sustain this and I'm good I'm okay you know um yes 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 so let's talk about the journey on Idol a little bit more in depth so you have this incredible experience with Michael Jackson you start moving forward towards dreaming a bigger dream and actually singing so what was that whole entire process so you said you were on season three right Season three, yeah. So this was pretty early on. So what was that audition process like? What was all of that like? Ooh, well, um, I was just starstruck by everybody, even the contestants that were that were, you know, flying to Hollywood with me. I was just right. so just blown away by everything. And you know, when I when we were when we came down, well, first of all, even before you know, I got to the judges making it to Hollywood. You know, just being around everyone and getting to sing and harmonize with everybody and mingle, meeting people and, and things like this, camping out, you know, sleeping, like sleeping outside, you know, the night before, which was, you know, that was fun for me. You know, it was a, it was a good time. And, and uh, you know, when getting inside with the judges, I was like, oh, wow, like, wow, I watched you guys on TV. And I'm here and, and, and I'm in my head and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, and Simon, Simon Cowell, you know, tells me, he says, he says, he says, hmm, you know, you're a great performer. I like it. And he looks at Paula and she's like, yeah, you have, you have a lot of showmanship. And, you know, I think, I think you can go far in the competition if you continue that. And then Randy was like, yeah, dog. Yeah, you got it. You got it. I ain't got to say no more. You got it. You know, and then he said, oh, welcome to Hollywood, you know. And that, so that was amazing. And then getting to Hollywood, that was the first time that, my 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 brain and my heart was just like, oh, you know, walking into the auditorium with the giant American Idol logo, and then uh, it was only 118, you know, people that got taken from the, from the states, you know, to go to Hollywood, and I was one of those 118 people, and I'm like walking in the audience, I see this big old American Idol logo, I'm like, oh my goodness, and then 
Clay Aiken walks past me. He says, good luck, man. I'm like, thank you, you know? It's the like, worst thing ever. You're like, I don't want to hear any of that. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, you, you, you just tagged me a wonder day. You know what I'm saying? I was like, whoa, you know, walking in there. And, you know, Simon has this talk with all of us. And he says, uh, you know, he's like, this could be the biggest move of your entire career. Your contract had belong, you know, and we're looking at each other like, wow, you know. And in that season, Jennifer Hudson and Fantasia was in that 118, you know, a part of that whole thing, you know what I mean? So and that's and when she won, right? Yeah, she won that season, you know. So you know, being in there with them, and and I, you know, I spoke to her for a brief second, you know, I was I was like, you're yeah, really amazing. She's like, oh, thank you, thank you, you know what I mean? Walk past, and then I saw Jennifer Hudson practicing and things like that. Got to meet some amazing other people, and it was just, I was just starstruck by everybody, you know, and I, I guess, you know, when we had to get through round two, because round one we got through, I got through, you know, just had to sing our, the song that got us through, and then round two was when we had to get together with other contestants in the great. show and make a group, you know, and, and uh, the song was uh, up on the roof, and we were practicing, and I was, I was cool with it. I was cool and I, and I had everything. We were doing dance steps and all of that kind of stuff, you know, temptation style, you know. And then we came in. Well, I came in the next day and man, I, I just blanked out like the, oh, the that's word. When you blanked. Yeah, that's what I blanked. You know, like I don't, I, I don't remember, you know, what it was that made me just space out. All I know is that it suddenly hit me, bam, American Idol. Simon Cowell, the judges, your voice, they're looking at you piercingly. And it's like, oh my God. It's the pressure you know? on yourself, yeah. Yeah, and I knew the words. I, I, I knew the words to the song when I just, I just the way I came it, in. It's also, I feel like it's the buildup because what's interesting is like, that's happened to me for really big auditions that I put so much pressure on myself. For example, I went to... Um, it was a series regular audition for a, a Warner Brothers pilot for CW for a series yeah. lead. I had never been to the Warner Brothers, um, like not lot because this is in LA, but like the building here in New York. And so um, the, the company that I work for, Actors Fast Track, is always talking to us about how we can market ourselves to these, like, these different casting directors. But everybody knows that Warner Brothers, like ABC, like CBS, like those are kind of the big dogs Like you can't really... You don't really even know their addresses. You can't really talk to the casting directors. It's very exclusive. So to get an audition in person at a Warner Brothers thing is a huge deal. Like it's a huge deal. And um, so I was pretty nervous. Like I was, I didn't realize how nervous I was until I started walking through the building. And I have a really good relationship with God. I feel like when I'm walking in these big arenas, I feel like that that's what comforts me. I'm kind of like, all right, God, like I see you. I see where you're trying to show me. Like, all right, we're walking, we're doing this. And I get to the building and I, I was super calm and collective until I walk into the building and I see like it's like Warner Media. And it's like the whole yeah. thing is Warner that's, Media. Yep. I'm like, yo, they yep, put me yep, through yep. security. They take a picture of me. The, everybody's like, oh are you they're like, oh what are you here for? I was like, oh an audition. They're like, oh good luck, good luck, good luck. Pretty much saying like this could change your career, you know what I mean? Like, oh, good luck. And then you go up, of course. You have to go up in an elevator. There's like a thousand elevators. 
I'm going in an elevator, a private elevator by myself all the way up to the 22nd floor. Sorry, guys. I'm like throwing out what floor you guys are on. Go up all the way to the 22nd floor (laughs) of the elevator. Have to walk down the longest hall, probably about like 100 feet. And all you see is this huge sign that says WB. And like this one woman sitting there in the front. So I'm like doing this long walk of just like, like heart is beating. But also, (laughs) I wasn't nervous more. I was just like super excited. Like my energy was very high vibes. Like I was very like, all right, God, I see you. You're trying to show me something. Like I was very pumped. Mm -hmm. I get to the audition. I'm super excited. I go into this room and it was the waiting room and there was another person sitting there and I'm like, isn't this beautiful? Like how exciting are you here to audition? You know? And then another woman, the casting director comes in she goes, Oh, are you ready? And I kind of look at the guy, like kind of telling him like, you go first, you were here. He's she's like, Oh no, he's your reader. I'm like, Oh damn, my bad. Like I'm over here thought you were an actor carrying all my bones. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, I'm stressed. We go into the room and I was like, this is so beautiful. Like, I'm so excited. Like my vibes. And she was so excited to see me there too. Like they were good vibes. Everybody was good vibes. Mm -hmm. But the thing was that I realized I I put so much pressure on the whole entire journey of coming upstairs. This is Warner Brothers. This This is a series lead. This is this. That what I forgot to do, which now I'm promise myself every other audition because I'm going to have more of these opportunities is I have to remember to breathe and just ground myself and be there. And I think that that's what happened is I was like, I didn't mess up the audition, but what happened was um, I ended up using my paper a lot. Like I had to read a lot of lines because I wasn't present and I was blanking on lines a lot and it was just going really fast for me. And I wanted to make sure I was sticking to my character, but I couldn't and I was reading the lines and I was just, I, I felt like, you know, when you're singing and you get nervous and just the air goes out of, like, you just don't know where the air went. You're like, I don't know where the air is. I can't breathe. That's how I felt. So, oh, my goodness. I hear you. Gosh. So yeah, I think that that's normal. And I think it's part of the process. I think it's part of those process. So, like, when that happened to you, was there a little bit of, like, depression that came in? Was there a little bit of, like, self-doubt? Like, what was that journey? Because I feel like that's just as important to talk about, you know? Right. Um, well, yeah, after, after that whole thing, you know, happened and, you know, I got eliminated. I, I won't even lie to you. I, you know, I went through a huge depression phase at the time because it's like, I've worked so long and so hard just to get that little opportunity, not, not little opportunity, but a a short, um, that short amount of time to have it cut so short. And I kept questioning myself. I kept asking myself how and why did I forget the lyrics? How and why did I space out? Like why, you know, for so long? And then, you know, as the as the years passed, I tried out for another three seasons. You know, I tried out for four, five, and six, and I didn't. I didn't even get through the preliminary judges at the time. So during that time, I kept questioning myself. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? You know what I mean? It was. It was just a time where. I just didn't understand what the heck was happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I guess to me at the time, I was I just had to re- remind myself, just work harder, you know, t- take vocal lessons, you know, uh, do performances, do shows, you know? And that's when I started getting into like the wedding bands and, you know, doing wedding singing so I can learn different materials and, and uh, practice performing more in front of crowds, you know? So I started doing that and then I started doing 
underground music showcases and you know over the over, from the year 2006 to 2010 I won seven music showcases here in New York City you know what I mean Are those and ones with MTV or no this was uh, t- t- totally different ent- oh, okay. entities. Like, you know, this is like Faces in the Crowd Showcase, uh, Monse's Hot 97 Showcase, Drama yeah. uh, uh, um, Magazine Showcases, Mental Supreme Showcases. You know, so this is like underground artist things. You know what I mean? And not much came out of those because a, a lot of those, you know, I, I got scammed and, you know, a lot of sharks, you know, took, right. took so many fights. And I, I, got, I got directed to... You know, for winning some showcases, I got directed to the Sony Music Building, and I walked into there. You know, they were telling me the same things, like, just keep at it, keep working hard, and keep pressing, and then nobody called me back after the meeting. And then, you know, winning a showcase, I got sent to Bad Boy Records, uh, went to the building, and, you know, same guy was telling me the same thing, keep doing what you're doing, do what you're following, you know. But, you know, for me to, to build at the time, this was like 2009, 2010. I didn't have money to, to do any of this stuff. I didn't have money to, you know, hire an entertainment lawyer. I didn't have money to, you know, do major promo. I didn't have a team. I was doing everything on my own. I was writing my own songs. I was doing my own, you know, choreography, you know, getting background dancers to, to you know, help make my show pop. I was doing my promo. I was, I was buying, you know, I was getting flyers, you know, printed out to get showcases done. And, you know, I was promoting on Facebook and, you know, during the time, MySpace and, you know, I was just putting so much of that stuff out. I was using every penny that I had to do these promotions until the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I just didn't know how to do it. And that's when I, you know, after that, that's when I got, you know, shows up for Sony Thinking Dance, you know, so that gave me a little bit more exposure to do, to be able to do things you know, uh, to gain more funding, you know, traveling to different countries to teach and then using some of those funds and putting it towards my music and things like that. You know what I mean? Like still to this day, I'm still not able to do every single thing I want to do because I'm still on my own. And which is why I learned how to do producing so that I can save money to put towards, you know, more of my music and to, you know, get more promo and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm still doing everything on my own until I have a team that says, hey man, we see what you do. We see you on television many times. We see you on Broadway. We believe in you. We're gonna invest this this uh, twenty grand in you, and you know, do that whole thing. I even tried the. I I tried crowdfunding about five years ago with Indiegogo, but again, I just didn't have as many people to believe in what I was doing or to believe in me. You know that I would have liked to have. You know, so you know the grind continues. As an artist, you know, I'm very happy with my, my uh, dance career, and you know whatever happens from today onward. Like if there's an audition to dance for Chris Brown or Usher, I'll go. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, you know, because I still train and I'm still active as a dancer. You know, um, I still like to take classes. You know, as much as I teach, I like to train as well. So I mean, yeah. you are underplaying it. You are an amazing dancer. You're an yeah. amazing dancer. Thank you. I, Insane. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So for Thank the audience you. that doesn't know, I actually met Rob because I took class with him at Broadway Dance Center, my first hip hop class that I had not taken. I hadn't taken class in so long. I took a hip hop class with you. And you were so encouraging. You were just like there. You were like, oh, yeah, you've got this. You've got this. All right, guys. And just taking it slow. And I was like, okay, I have a question. Like, I did not get this or this and this. And 
super encouraging and like just you bring th this good vibe to the classes and I think that's really awesome like you have this really fun open spirit um which is interesting because you're doing the grind like you know what I mean like you definitely have been doing the grind and pushing forward and I think it was so interesting how you said right after idol yeah you definitely felt the depression and you felt I feel like more than anything it's embarrassment and shame what comes to you is like it's like just shame where it's like, oh, like just bullying yourself and telling yourself like, why, 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 why? And I've done that even in relationships. Like I've caught myself, um, I left a relationship that seemed to be so great. And then I kept questioning myself, but why, why did you want to leave it? Why did you want to leave it? And it was just like, sometimes things happen and like, we just we can't question it too much and just take the lessons from it and move on. And I think that was a really cool thing that you said, I just have to work harder. And I think that that so many, um, artists will just say well then I'm not good enough or that they'll just give up right there and I think that's that's a huge testament is like it's not that you're not good enough but you always can be better you know what I mean like yeah. how Kobe would yeah. wake up super early and he was always there he's like I think it's there's there's a discipline to this artistry and a lot of people don't see that like this is an industry that gets over glorified and we don't show how much work goes into what we do I mean even people on television, they're doing 14 hour work days. They wake up at five in the morning, they're in their trailer, they're, you know, everybody, everybody on that set, not just the actors, from the makeup artists to, you know, the lighting department, from the directors, everybody is grinding every single yeah. day and it's just glorified because part of our job is to make it beautiful and to have Oscars and to have awards and things like that. But I think that there's this huge discipline that I think a lot of people forget that there's, it takes a lot of, grind and then not only is it a grind to get the craft but then it's a grind to get the business it's under understanding yeah. how to market yourself how to how to yeah. how to survive as an artist it's it's yes. a yeah. journey um and it's it's not like anything else so i feel like artists are a little crazy to do what we do but it's because it's what we yeah. love you know right we love it you know it's what we live it's what we breathe you know like sometimes we feel like oh man i'm tired oh that's one of those days where I just don't feel like doing anything. And then you wake up the next morning and you just get this super science jolt. And it's like, bam, I can do it. You know, I'm convinced that John Cena's super science. John Cena. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then you just feel invincible. You can do it. You know what I mean? Right. And I think it's cool how you are also very multifaceted in creativity and how you had mentioned before, if you don't explore those different facets, it kind of makes you sad. And I feel like I'm very similar in that sense where I have a lot of things that I enjoy um, singing, how I, we kind of talked about this off the, off the record, but we'll talk about it here. So I, how I said, like, I'm very passionate about singing and dancing, but I've always shied away from it because of because I want it to be perfect versus the progress and feeling like I need to, you know, I think it comes down to like vulnerability and shame and like being in class yeah. where other people are just, it seem like they're getting it faster than you are. And you're just like, Oh my God, like, I don't want to be embarrassed. Like I went with my friend the first time I took a class at BBC. Um, I'm sorry, BDC. I said BBC. Um, <laughs> And um, I took a class there at Broadway Dance. And um, she, I didn't realize, my friend's a Jets dancer. So what kind of dance class is she about to take me to? It was like, a, she's like it's an intermediate class. It's fine. I'm like, girl, that was not fine for me. She's like, that was an easy class. I was like, for you, Miss Dancer, I thought this was going to be a fun Zumba class. That was not 
That was embarrassing, girl. I had to sit down. The teacher started recording. I go, no, 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 no. You're not going to get me on record. <laughs> I'm sitting down. I tried my hardest. They were doing leaps and turns. When people's, when she started explaining the choreography, it seemed like everybody had already practiced the choreography for five hours. And I was like, wait, did you guys already know this? Or you're learning this right now? <laughs> I'm so confused. What is happening? Like, how do you already know it? And it's like, no, they don't know, girl. They just, they pick up very fast. So I'm like, that's like, that's a lot. That's very fast. <laughs> that's too fast. <laughs> too fast for my comfort. Too much, too much. <laughs> so I felt like when we were doing your class, I was like, okay, a beginner's class, the speed was, I even still felt like because I wanted to get it good, I just started turning it more towards just have fun, Liz. Like stop putting so much pressure on yourself. And I think once I started having fun, I was like, you know what? No one's going to judge me. Robert's That's all I want in my classes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's you're, not you're not recording right now. Like I'm just in a, in a safe space. I'm just kind of like doing my thing. And even if I, and I think even in the corner, like I was trying to like, while the other group was going, I was like, okay, let me try to get it. While even, even if the other group is going, let me try to be in the back and try to get the step that I, for some reason can't get. And I want to get yeah. this step. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, I feel like, so what would you say? Have you ever had any resistance towards exploring these other facets um, in the sense that you wanted like perfection versus progress? Or do you feel like you've been very open? And what would you say to people that are kind of like timid to explore these other facets if they're like, no, I'm just a dancer? I, I would say never be afraid to explore those facets and never uh, be afraid of, of failure. You know what I mean? Like I like you know my one of my other things I love to do is is acting. You know, and I I you know the last one of my last things I did was um a, it's a series called Seven Seconds. Okay. You know what I mean? And I was I got to play one of the jurors on the show. You know what I mean? And you know I I learning by watching a Regina King. You know, understanding how she gets into the character, how she pulls in, what she uses, how she uses. A, the scenery, you know, how she uses her environment, how she uses the story to com to compel and to help tell a story. Right. You know what I mean? And it helped me also try to stay alert and stay awake because, you know, we were there was this one day I we were on the set, you know, from like uh nine AM to even past ten, you know, ten something. So we were doing a little bit of OT there. You know, and I'm not even gonna lie, it was a a part where you know my eyes started to drift and I'm starting to like lose uh lose focus and starting to like you know almost fall asleep you know what I mean and there's a, there's a couple of shots where you know they caught me on one of those shots and I'm like shoot you know and for me you know I I started to feel like that I failed mm. you know as an actor you know with major actors in the sh in the show yeah. you know and you know it took me a while to just say you know what I I at that time i tried my best to be alert to to learn to stay awake you know and for the next thing i book whatever that or you know god willing you know it i will you know do better in taking care of myself the night before or the week of you know making sure i hydrate more you know eat better foods you know to keep me awake and and try to you know get more more sleep you know so you know i I say I need to try these things in order to progress to the next thing. Or if I wanna, if if someone wants to do, you know, acting and singing and dancing and tap. I mean, 
I wrestle now. I wrestle because I wanna. I would like to be a referee at some point down the line for the WWE. So I'm trying that, you know, investing in that. And it's like, you know, it's now or never, you know. So that way, when you when you're like when you turn 50, when you turn 60 years old, you can say, you know what? I did the best that I could, and I tried my hardest. And then you could tell the next person who wants to do the same things that you you've done, or who wants to try to explore different avenues. You can tell the next person, do not be afraid to to fail. Yeah. Do not be afraid to put yourself out there because you only have one life, you only have one chance, and you want to utilize that chance to to be the best version of yourself that you can be and what makes you happy. You know? Sure, I love that. And it's like going down to that, it's like, what are we really afraid of? Because there's there's really is nothing that you're gonna lose. Like I remember as a little girl auditioning for things, like whether it was just I don't remember, like I, I would my mom would send me to a bunch of different auditions and I always had this mindset as a little girl. Um, I'm excited for an audition. I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. I would always say that. I was like, I'm just going to have so much fun. And I remember going into auditions as this little girl. And even when I was in eighth grade, when I auditioned for, for um, a conservatory high school, like I was just so confident in the sense that I was like, no, I'm just going to have fun. I wasn't scared. I wasn't right. timid. But I think as the older we get, the more change sometimes we get down and i've been reading this really great book i don't know if you've ever heard of it um but i highly recommend it to every artist it's called big magic by elizabeth gilbert um okay. it's a great book because it's um it's a conversation about creativity and i'm almost done with it i'm trying to do like a challenge right now where it's one book a month like that's mm -hmm. my goal for myself and um i'm almost done with that book um but pretty much what she says is like creativity um it doesn't, you don't have to do it just because you want to be the greatest. Like she's like, she tells the story of a friend of hers that was a figure skater for about 20 years and her goal was to be an Olympic skater. And yeah. she pretty much, I don't know if it's that she got there or something happened where she ended up deciding, you know what, that's not the route I'm going to take. So she gave it up completely. And when she found herself in really dark places in her life, 20 years down the line, the only thing that she felt like really was calling to her was that she really wanted to get back on the, on the ice. And I think what she says in the book is what's so interesting is she says, you know, her friend got back on the ice and she would wake up every single day at seven in the morning and just get on the rink and, you know, skate and she would go to work. And it wasn't because she wanted to be an Olympic skater. It wasn't because she was trying to be this gold medalist. It was just because she loved it. And that could be enough. And it, right so profound when I read that because I was like you know what Liz you don't have to be on Broadway girl to want to sing a song like you don't have to be the next JLo although I, that's the goal but you don't have to <laughs> right you know what right. I mean like yeah. I push like your your goals are never meant to be made they're meant to stretch you and it's like dream big and stretch yourself so wide that where you end up is somewhere far bigger had you just been like, well, I don't know if I don't try, you know, like you never know if you don't try. So at least sing, even if you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this or learn the piano just because you want to, or just do whatever. Even if you're just taking a pottery class, you're not trying to make it your next business venture, right. but maybe you're like, you know what? I just want to do something with my hands and I'm taking a pottery class. Why? Because I like it. And that's it. Like like, it. Yeah. It could just be that and it doesn't have to be anything more. And I just think that that's like a huge thing about creativity and yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. Cool.
I'm so glad. So, okay, I do have a couple more questions for you. Um, one of the questions that I like to, oh, we haven't talked about SpongeBob at all. So I would love to talk about that really fast before I go off into the other questions. So Broadway, you're on Broadway. So like, what, what has that been like? Like, what was the journey for that? And, and yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Well, um, Broadway, that, that was a 30 year dream that I've always wanted to do. And, uh, when I got to do it, it was, it was everything I expected plus more than I expected, you know, and we weren't expecting the show to be a hit at the time. Because, you know, the first thing people are going to think, Spongebob, what's, how is that going to be a Broadway show? That's the question that everyone asks. And it's and actually then, so good. Then, uh, what's that? And it's such a good show, too. Oh, I'm glad you got to see it. Um, yeah. Yeah, people were, people were like, you know, people were either filled with joy after the show or with happiness, with tears and whatnot. You know, people wait for us and give us gifts, you know um at the uh at the stage backstage door it was such a wonderful time and we got to you know do good morning america we did the view with whoopi goldberg she came backstage and hung out with us for a little bit oh uh, we got to do the tony awards which was well know, that's crazy. actually what i saw the tonys oh okay okay which was an yeah, amazing right number on. which was an amazing number i was like blown, oh, really? blown away Thank you so much. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Did you perform at that and at that number? What's that? Were you were you performing that day? Yeah, I was. I was one of those yes. Squidward tap dancers. Oh yes, the Squidward tap dancers. Amazing. So good. So good. Yeah, that's so funny because I was sitting in the audience, and that's why when you said SpongeBob, I was like, yeah, I was sitting in the audience, and I remember the tap dance. Oh, yes. That was insane, and like the costumes and everything. I was like, wow, this is really good. Yeah, I never thought that I would be wearing some hot, hot purple spandex, you know, and, to, and some tap shoes and, and, you know, this big headpiece going on. But, you know, I enjoyed every single moment of it, you know what I mean? And I was like, wow, Denzel Washington is in the audience. Woo! Yes, this thing, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was just a great time. We got to change lives. You know, we got to make people happy and, you know, like I, like I said earlier, like, I love making people happy. I love making people feel good about about themselves. And, you know, to do that, that show was the embodiment of who I am as a person. You know right. what I mean? So to get to do that, it was it was a wonderful time. You know, I put, I put my body on the line with it, did everything I could. You know, I even, you know, busted a knee during the show. Like, you know, tore my meniscus in the, like, you know, in the middle of it. Oh, you my know, God. Uh, a year. So how did that happen? Well, I was um, entering the stage and running on the stairs during uh, the poor pirates scene. Mm -hmm. So I'm running, running on the stage, running, running. And then something happened where I tripped over uh, a part of the stairs. And then my knee just kind of twisted oh a bit, you know. And then I also rolled over on the, my left ankle. So that whole side was just like, Rah! you know. Um, and then I, I finished the show out, but I remember I was just in a lot of pain and my legs started swelling up. And, you know, that's when they sent me to the doctor and wow. they told me that I tore my meniscus. Good for you for finishing the show like a champ. That's so nice of you. I would have been like, I'm out. Oh, thank you. Out for the count. <laughs> Thanks. Well, Rob, I want to, I know you have to go to and I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Like, I truly appreciate it. Um, where can oh, thank listeners... you for yeah. What an honor. 
Oh, for sure. I'm, I mean, honor for me. Like you've done so many great things. I think you're such a lighthouse. You're such a cool guy. And I'm just super excited to sit down and talk with you about all of your facets. But um, if the listeners want to follow with you, if they want to take class with you, if they want to maybe produce with you, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Give all your plug. Yeah, okay. Um, all of my stuff is uh, under Robert Taylor Jr. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-T-A-Y-L-O-R-J-R with the suffix. Yeah. So uh, my, my pro- uh, production, my little studio is right here in Brooklyn, right in my apartment. So mm-hmm. anybody want to come and jam, we'll, we'll have a little uh, jam or whatever with the case may be. You can record vocals or I can make your music for you, whatever the case. Yeah. Um, my music itself is on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music. Uh, Apple Music, Deezer, uh, also under Robert Taylor Jr. Uh, my next single is coming out next Friday. It's called Unity, U-N-I-T-Y in this case. Wow. Uh, Unity for the world. So it's a, you know, it's a song. Yeah, it's a song about, you know, peace and love and, you know, just trying to have the world come together and whatnot because not so many people write songs about about unity nowadays, you know, as as most artists used to do so i just figured to put something on it even if it's something that makes somebody feel better it's definitely a, a real good feel good type of tune and you know it, it's a mood changer for you you know what i mean so unity for the world and uh my other stuff is still on there i dropped my latest thing i dropped before that is a song called leave her alone um i wrote it 10 years ago but i just you know since I, i'm not producing i you know wanted to full you know fruition here on. but um yeah you can also listen on soundcloud as well uh, my classes at Broadway Dance Center, Tuesdays at 4.30, Fridays at 10.30 a.m. Oh, so wow. you want to come dance with me. Everything is on there hip-hop. as well. And uh, what's that? It's a hip-hop. Yeah, hip-hop class. You know, sometimes I like to mix it with street jazz or commercial, whatever the case. You never know what I'm going to throw at you because I like to throw a whole bunch of different styles. And you might get you. fried chicken, right? Uh, so, sometimes, the- sometimes you give your oh, students yes, fried that's chicken. coming in April. The fried chicken class is coming next month. You know what I'm saying? So every April, it'll be the 10th annual of the Robert Taylor Jr. Broadway Dance Center fried chicken class. And I bless the chicken with love. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I even have a song about the fried chicken. Go to April's uh, 2019 post and you'll, you'll see my little you know, 60 second song about the fried chicken and what I do with it and how I do it. Oh my God, that is hilarious. And then I wake on up. I drop them in, <laughs> and I let it frown. Sing it, boy. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. There you go. You have Robert singing his fried chicken song. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, and I'll see you in class soon. Thank you for having me. I'll see you in class. Looking forward to it. And congratulations to you for everything that you've been doing and every everything that you have done. Like I, I've. You know, I, I got to stalk you a little bit when I first mentioned. I was like, wow, this girl's, Aww. you know, because you, you, you remind me a lot of myself. And you're just into everything. And what you're doing, I think it's absolutely wonderful. You're putting yourself out there. And you know, I think your work is, is exquisite. So uh, that's that's why I say it's quite the honor, you know, to, to be doing this with you. So thank you so, so much. And wow. congratulations to everything that you've been doing. Thank you. You know, that means so much to me. Thank you so much. I really mean it. It means so much. And I just think I'm doing so much. I'm like, really? Am I? Okay, I'm trying. <laughs> so you we- are. You definitely are. Thank you, Rob. It means a lot. All right. See you soon. 
And there you guys have it. That was my episode with Robert. I hope you enjoyed it. And after this crazy quarantine, if you are in New York City, I highly recommend taking a dance class with him. He's an awesome, beautiful soul. And I'm so grateful to have had him on the podcast. And that's all for today, guys. I hope and pray that you, again, are finding some light in this crazy time. I hope that this podcast inspired you, brought you some positivity, brought you maybe a laugh or a smile. Whatever I can do to serve you guys, just letting you guys know I am officially life coaching. So if you are interested in knowing more about my life coaching, feel free to reach out to me. And as always, share this podcast with a friend, with a loved one. I think sharing is the most beautiful way of showing that you care for somebody. I love to send my friends podcast especially if i hear something and i think of them I'm like oh check this podcast out it was super awesome or dope whatever you think um yeah so give it a like give it a review share it with a friend and as always 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 keep on shining till next week bye guys